Yeah, like I have the bowling ball in my hand. Do I have to beat your ass with this? <laughs> <laughs> like you gave me a weapon and now you're giving me sass? Not a good combination. You gave me a weapon and you gave me alcohol and now you're going to give me sass? It doesn't work this way, bud. <laughs> you have messed up each step of the way here. <laughs> you have not made a single correct move, so I would watch your step. <laughs> Uh, you need to tell me about your time in Cleveland because I saw the snap oh. and they looked, they looked, they looked like the typical, a typical no good doers weekend. It was, uh, it was like, it was a hell of like a 19 hours. Like I was there for like 19 hours, like maybe because I left at like two and that was from the golf course. I got there at like five, five, five thirty. So like I showed up. I just finished the test because we were going golfing in the morning. And then I was, and then we went out, we went duck bowling. I had a few too many drinks and then I came back and everybody was over and I immediately passed out. Like I was like, I have nothing left in me. I have given you everything. I have given the no good doers all I can give. Everything that I could muster, I gave it. And then I went out and I shot a 103. <laughs> <laughs> But it was funny on the back on the back nine. I want to say for the final five holes, I would go up to tee off, and I'd go to tee off, and I you know I'd go and I'd set, and I'd just either like pick my head off or something. But I would just like top it, and it would go like uh, fifteen feet, and that's just whatever. And then I'd reset, and then I'd hit like a perfect drive, and it happened five holes in a row, like. I had the worst drive of the day, followed by like subsequently like the best, then better, then better, then better, then better, then better. I mean, just perfect drives after just unimaginably terrible drives. It was like when we were in Cleveland over the summer and your first shot of the day there, because I don't know if I've ever seen, and then, and then your next shot was beautiful. And it's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a more perfect example of a breakfast ball than that one. Yes. It was exactly that. Five holes in a row. And it was just like, just get it together, Ben. Like, just figure it out. Like, fuck. Like, golf isn't hard. But it's awful. And I hate it. But, I'm, but I spent like $2,000 on it this year alone. <laughs> I noticed, I noticed y'all went to the mini bowling place. Um, I see, oh, my God. I see that on so Colin's snaps. Literally once a month. Oh, I know. It was so much fun. So much so that we found a place down in Columbus and we're going on Friday. Like, it was so much fun. But get this. So they close at 10 because of COVID. So, like, we're playing our first two games and they kind of, we kind of took our time because we could. Like, so it's like 940. And then, like, I go up and I'm like, hey, we're going to do one more round. And the guy looks at me and he goes, no. And I go, I was like, excuse me he's like your lap like we close in 20 he's like we close in 25 minutes i was like yeah i know you guys close in 25 minutes because your last round just took 45 minutes and i look at him i go all right we'll speed this round up can i please just bowl and he's just like oh, i guess and i'm like dude it's like 9 35 like this is your job okay <laughs> like <laughs> do your job 
Just take my money, let me play, and fuck off. <laughs> I will pay you extra money to fuck off. Can you not ruin my mood when I'm bowling? I will give you an additional $5 to not even look at me. I am bowling with mini bowling balls and consuming alcohol. I don't need some cuck to tell me to stop too soon. Yeah, like, I have the bowling ball in my hand. Do I have to beat your ass with this? <laughs> <laughs> like, you gave me a weapon, and now you're giving me sass? Not a good combination. You gave me a weapon, and you gave me alcohol. And now you're going to give me sass? It doesn't work this way, bud. <laughs> you have given me, you have messed up each step of the way here. <laughs> you have not made a single correct move, so I would watch your step. <laughs> Today we had, um... Like, we pay, like, money f to live here, and we pay, it's, like, 40 bucks a month for, like, they have, like, events, and they're they're awesome. They're really cool, but you know, I don't go to all of them, so I'm like, kind of, like, I'd like my 40 bucks back. But we went to the first one where they had a food truck. I guess in Columbus, there's, like, this German sausage house called Schmitz, actually, and uh, they had a food truck, so we had it. It was really fucking good. Expensive. It was, like, eight bucks for, like, a knockwurst, but, like really good i had a knockwurst and a bahama mama and a cream puff mm, that sounds delicious very tasty it was very the, tasty the the best food truck food that i've ever had was at the track regional championships last year in sacramento and what they really was really cool is that they truly embraced like the food truck culture out there in california so obviously it was the ncaa putting the meat on but instead of just bringing in and, you know, um, hiring out whatever, contracting whatever uh, concession company to have hot dogs, and pretzels and stuff, um, maybe they put out a contract or whatever it was, like a bid to bring in food trucks. So they had like, you walk out behind the bleachers and there's 10 food trucks out there, all different types of food. Yeah, they had a, they had a Starbucks truck, which was like the only mainstream one. The other ones were all like these local barbecue, Mexican food, ice cream. And I, for $12, it was not my money. It was Texas Tech's money. But for $12, they gave me an eight inch long basket full of thick, like those thick steak cut French fries mm -hmm. topped with pulled pork, okay. barbecue sauce, Horny. onion straws. Yes cheese a lot of melted cheese and i'm pretty sure there was guacamole on there too so you basically had like minus the tots and substitute french fries you had tachos yeah yeah basically um i also had three three mini heart attacks <laughs> so what do you what do you mean three mini heart attacks <laughs> I just I just assumed that by the time I was done processing that food, it was the it was the equivalent of that strain on my heart. My heart wasn't palpitating, but I, I imagine there was enough I had enough life taken off of my heart from that that I would just equate it to a couple just a couple heart attacks. Just just a certain amount of heart attacks. I would like to essentially do one compliment shout out and two bashings <laughs> to the same person. Uh, big one compliment, big shout out, Michael Powers, his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Mike. Um, but that's the nicest I'm going to be to you until Tuesday of next week. We are sworn 
sworn enemies at this point. I don't think if I've ever had an enemy this big, to be real honest with you. We are currently facing in fantasy football, and we are in the finals of our fantasy baseball league facing against each other. So it's we were we were on <clears throat> we were on PlayStation last night, and again we're always like rooting for each other. And then like we we kept catching ourselves. We kept like we kept happening. So it'd be like, oh yeah, like I hope that guy does this good. Like I hope he does good this week. Actually, you know what? No, I no I don't. I don't hope he does good this week. In fact, I hope he gets injured. Like you know, because normally we're very much like. Oh yeah, no, I like I want you to win. Of course I do. And then now it's like, no, I don't want you to win. I, in fact, I want you to lose to me. So big opposite of a shout out. Big shout out, Mike. Happy birthday. Opposite of a shout out. Go kick rocks. You're gonna be your ass as grass. You're gonna be dominated. So you better get ready to it. And speaking of, you know, our, our fantasy baseball playoffs, we'll get right into the real playoffs uh because they start what next monday i think next week yes sir and i know that we were looking up uh it's going to be weird having eight um having eight teams make the playoffs this year and uh before we get into any of the playoffs i just want to mention something because i saw a tweet and i saw something it was from josh donaldson and it was actually from I forget when it was. It was back in the summer, like early July, maybe June or whatever. And he was talking about how he wasn't going to like any of the proposed COVID rules. Like any, he was like, I don't care what they are. I'm not going to want any of them. I don't want more teams making the playoffs. I don't want to change anything. I don't. And he goes, because I'm worried that people are going to misconstrue something that works in a weird season and equate it to something that just works. And it's just not, that's not true. Cause like, I know they're talking about potentially putting eight teams in the MLB playoffs. That's awesome. That works this year. I don't think that works. Uh, and then same with the, again, I don't think, I don't know anybody that likes the second base rule. I don't, and, and the extra innings, everybody hates it. But people are gonna say it works. The only thing that I'm gonna say that I am all in, I'm all in and I, want to let you know that it's going to take you a bit at first you're going to be like ben that's an awful idea and then i might explain it and then you're still going to be like ben that's an awful idea like not good in fact it's even worse than when you first said it do you realize how many times you have you have set up ideas like this that have been extremely dangerous and reckless and i listened to them and was ultimately convinced i this is this might be the most feeble attempt yet. Uh, I am all in on the seven inning doubleheaders. All in. Absolutely could not be in more. In fact, what I want to do is I want to have the month of July be changed. I want to have the baseball season actually be fundamentally changed a little bit. I want to give players what they want, and I want to give them more days off. Whether that be, you can spread them out however you wish, whatever. But the season starts April 1st, and it's still going to end at the same time. But I'm going to extend the All-Star break. I'm going to extend it from where normally you have that Sunday before the All-Star break. So Monday is the Home Run Derby. Tuesday is the All-Star game. I'm going to give you off Sunday now. And you're not going to play a game until the following Monday. However, every single day, other than that week and a half, maybe even extend it a little bit more, 
you're going to play every single day in July. You're going to play a doubleheader every day. Every team's going to play a doubleheader. It's going to be seven inning doubleheaders every single day that's playable in July. And then you're going to be able to get more days off in whether you want them in May, you want them in June, you want them in August, September. It allows you to have those more days off and it allows you to get all these in. And July is the month where I would say outside of April, when it's just back, it's when, what else are you going to do? It's before football. It's after the NBA ends. It's the only thing on. The Olympics haven't started yet. There's nothing except for baseball. And you capitalize on it. You capitalize on seven inning doubleheaders. Two of them are every day, every single day. Thoughts, Jeremy? So every day in the month of July. Every day in, in the month of July. And, but you, you take away, well, now the all-star break is what? Monday through Wednesday, and then some people start playing Thursday. You get off that, you, the, the break starts Sunday. And you don't play until the following Monday. I I'm 100% on board with an extended All Star break because it is a break. Well, it's a break in reality only for those who aren't All Stars. Yes. So I'm I'm completely on board with an extended All Star break, um, and I'm also completely on board for anything that is a tradition, anything that is a doubleheader seven innings. I, I am on board with that as well. I think you run into quite a problem though, if you're going to have them all the time in July. Um, I understand your reasoning behind it because with that being that time of the, you know, that time of year where it's only baseball, baseball is center stage and it is baseball's time of the calendar year. You want to capitalize on that. I completely agree, but I think from a logistics standpoint, seven inning doubleheaders might not be way, the way to go. And you run into a problem there. What if these seven inning doubleheaders go into extras? I mean, what if you, you what if you end up playing? That's why that's why there's seven innings. That's true. And and you wouldn't, yeah, and you could look at it as well. If a nine inning doubleheader went into extras, then you'd be playing less than that still. And, and I agree with that. Um, I think what you should do is you spread those double headers out because, you know, I know you remember from your days of playing how much of a grind a double header is. I do as well. And especially in college, when it gets to the end of the week and you've already played a game on Friday, you played a midweek, you played a game on Friday and then a game on Saturday and then a double header on Sunday is what our conference would do. That's a grind. And so if you're going to try to do that every day, like, it might be, it might be fewer innings, but the grind of finishing a game, going back in the locker room, you've got 30 minutes before you've got to start getting loose again. It, it's a grind. And so I think if you, if you need to have double headers to make up for the fact that you're extending that all-star break, I think you just spread those throughout the season and it does eliminate, it does eliminate, uh, I'll cut this part, but I think you spread those throughout the season. And I think you basically are allocating those elsewhere as opposed to stacking them in July. Um, but I think what we should talk about is the interesting of idea of how baseball could capitalize more on when they are the only show 
of the year. I think that's a very interesting topic. And I think the fact that the all-star break is taking place around that time is great. And the home run derby and the way that the home run derby has been restructured with a tournament format. is just so good. It's, it's so, so much better. Oh my God. It's so much better. I think. And the time, the timed aspect of it made it so much, it's made it so awesome. 100%. I mean, and that was another thing prior that I was like, this doesn't need to change. I think this will be cool, but whatever. And then I watched it the first year and I was like, no, this is the answer. Yep. And you talk and like, because gone other, like, I remember Brandon Inge once, once was in it. Um, one, because they ran out of all-stars because they used to have the rule you had to be an all-star in order to do it. I liked that they got away with that. I liked that they got rid of that. I think it opens it up because it opens up to, again, Vladdy was in it last year and that was huge for growing the game. And it just opens up these guys that are like, no, they're not all-stars yet. But guess what? Everybody would love to, everyone would love to see Vladdy in a home run derby. I mean, it's so exciting and it worked. Um, but, and you just watched the first one. I was the first one, the Bryce Harper one. Was that the first one? I believe it was. And the that was the new format. The first with the new yes. format was when Todd Frazier won. Oh, it was. Okay. And that was electric too. Yeah. It is yeah. awesome. The new format is wonderful. Yep. And you have baseball making the all-star game so unbelievably all access with mic'd up players doing interviews in the middle of the game. They're capitalizing on it. But I agree with you. It would be interesting to see how the MLB could emerge from the all-star break, have the entire rest of the month of July to capitalize on being the only show. How can they do it without just getting into, and of course, I don't agree with this word, but the monotony of the rest of 70 more games. And because to a non-baseball fan, once the all-star break hits, it's like, oh God, all right, well, here's the first of 70 more of these. So you've got to capitalize on that. And how do you, you are just, there's no other choice. The all-star breaks over. You got to delve into the second half of the season. How do you make that more interesting outside of the trade deadline? Because that, that's going to inherently make it more interesting, but how do you make, what other changes could you make to make that truly more exciting than just second half of the season's here? Because I think they really, really do need to um, capitalize on it. And they need, because I think that they're in a reality, they're in a reality where once August hits, that's when a lot of people are now, okay, now we're ramping up for, for football. Um, September, nobody cares about September. Outside of, unless you're in a pennant race, like nobody cares about baseball five days out of the week. Maybe even four, maybe even, or I'm sorry, like two days of the week, nobody cares about baseball at all. Saturday, Sunday do not matter in the fall. Sometimes Monday doesn't even really matter. Sometimes even Thursday because you have football those days. And most people are going to watch football over baseball unless you're in a pennant race, unless there's these few other ones. I mean, it's the same problem that, again, I didn't understand it. I really didn't get it. It's, uh, what was it, the Clippers and the Lakers. Or no, the Clippers and the Nuggets played game six of the Western Conference semifinals at like two o'clock week one of the NFL season. Nobody knew it was happening. Like I had no clue it was happening and it had to be told to me, Oh, the, like the nuggets won. I go, the nuggets and that they played today and, and they're already done. Like what? Same with like, again, I didn't watch the first night of the Stanley cup playoffs because it was football and like probably should have, but football was on. I just didn't know. And that's, it consumes so much. 
And that's where, I mean, the postseason, people are going to watch it because it happens like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, you'll watch baseball. But you need to capitalize and you need to grab a hold. I know one of the problems that I've had, it's, I think it's a very good microcosm of what the MLB season is. is outside of this year, I've never been in a successful fantasy baseball league because everybody gives up by the all-star break. And then I'm like, okay, I'm the only one really in it. And I know you don't have that. You have a very successful fantasy baseball league. But I think that what happens with me, what happened to me, I think that's a little bit more common than people think. I think a lot of people like to start up a fantasy. They're really excited to start up. And they're really probably excited through May. And then June hits and they're like, I don't really care anymore. And then July hits, so like, I really don't care. And then like, then all of a sudden people are preparing for their fantasy football. And that's just kind of what a microcosm of being a fan for a lot of people is. I mean, right now, I, I haven't watched a baseball game in a while. I mean, I haven't. I really haven't. I keep up with all the box scores. I keep up with the standings. But I haven't really been watching a lot of baseball. And I think that that's just something that they have a problem with. It's inherently when you have 162 games, you're going to have a problem retaining fans for every single game. I mean, I, I, one, I think the answer is more day games. I really do. Because now, especially in a lot of work environments, just the way that things are, I think it's a little bit more accepting to have it on the radio while you're working. Uh, I mean, you could play the game on the radio. It's not a big deal. Uh, I think back in the day before TVs, it would be like, no, you're working. You can't be – like the radio was entertainment. Now it's kind of like, okay, the radio's on. I mean, I think even now you could have the game on because it's a day game in July. And most people wouldn't care because you're not like in tune to every single pitch. And again, that's the beauty of baseball too. I mean, there are so many games and there that like you can do that. And that's almost awesome. That's one thing that's awesome about it. But when it comes to this time of year, you're going to struggle to get viewers. I was trying to look up a chart that would track major league baseball overall attendance over the course of a season, but I could not find anything. I think that's something I'm going to look for for a future episode, but. I bet it would be outside of the first few weeks. I bet it would be very parabolic, very parabolic. I bet that the first few weeks, obviously you're really high up because baseball's back. Yay. But then I bet attendance starts to rise, uh, especially during day games, especially during day games. But I would bet that attendance starts to rise a little bit, and I bet it peaks around June. School's out. You're going to celebrate. You're going to go watch a baseball game. That's That would be my guess. And then around September, because, how? I mean, how many times, like, I haven't had it because I've never lived in the city like that. But in Cincinnati, I think they sell $5 bleacher seats. Now, if I lived in, like, where Connor and, Cle- and, uh, where Connor and Colin live, if they lived about that close to uh, uh, where they lived to Progressive, if I was in Cincinnati and I lived about that close, and bleacher seats were $5, it would be like, you know, when you're looking for something to do tonight, you'd be like, oh, well, do you want to go to the baseball game? And it's like, oh, that's a realistic possibility. It's not going to cost me $37. It's going to cost me $5. And and then you, sp- you buy a beer there because whenever I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy a beer anyway, but I'm, I'm going to buy it at the ballpark. And there's something to that. And it doesn't really exist that much anymore because they realize that that's, you don't make money on $5 seats. You, you make money on $30 seats with the same concessions. It's a different conversation. But I think that that's something 
I mean, especially this year, obviously, but they're just missing. Hey, you know what? We talked about that. We've gotten that stupid idea out of the way. Let's talk about the actual playoffs. Um, you sent me, you sent me something today that I was shocked. I was shocked and I didn't agree with at all. And what you said, or maybe it was in your tweet, in your poll, you said you had the MLB playoff World Series odds. And I had to look it up because I couldn't believe it. I was like, that has to be wrong. It has to be. There is no chance that it's not wrong. And you had, and I looked it up and you were correct. Obviously, the Dodgers are the favorites. I think right now, what I'm, the sports book I'm looking at, the odds I have, is they're plus 350. And then number two, which I vehemently disagree with, could not disagree with more. They have the Yankees at number two, and I have it at uh, 600. And then I have the Rays at plus 650, and then I have a whole bunch at a plus 1,000. Couldn't disagree with them more. They should not have that good of odds. They should be like they should have much lower odds, much lower. And and they, I'll tell you why. They, the reason their odds are back up is they just got Judge back and they just got Stanton back. Fine, dandy, cool, whatever. And then they then it's going to be oh they just won ten in a row. And I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, well, wait, didn't they lose five in a row right before that? And I was correct. They since in the time that they lost five, they lost five in a row, won ten in a row, lost two in a row. They're ten and seventeen in their last seventeen, and you have them better than the division leading Rays who haven't really had a bad week like they've been more consistent I just think it's shocking I think it's because in baseball I in baseball in a reg, in a normal regular season the most consistent team I think wins and I think it really shows and the most consistent teams make the playoffs because and I do honestly think that in baseball rather than other sports the best teams do make the playoffs this year I think it's going to be obvious the best teams because half makes it but it's in this, you're going to get a streaky team and people are going to be like, oh, they're streaky, you know, but the problem is, is like, yeah, if the 10 and 0, like the 10 straight win Yankees show up, they could win the World Series. However, when they were 0 and 5, lost 5, they were awful. I mean, I was like, this team is bad. I mean, Gary Sanchez, who I know I love, has been terrible this year. Not bad, not, not good, terrible this year. I mean, his bat is just not working, and his, he was already a defensive liability. Judge and Stanton are back, but they have glass legs. Luke Voigt's been awesome. He's been unreal. Love Luke Voigt. Uh, James Paxson is on the injured list. Uh, our pitchers are Garrett Cole. I mean, you have Garrett Cole, and then you have a bunch of guys that are like, yeah, he's solid. You know, he's all right. He's, he's not bad. And that doesn't get you to doesn't win that doesn't win a World Series. That's not going to beat the Rays. Uh, I'm just shocked that the bookmakers have them that high. Oh, they have them at that high of odds. Well, the, the well the odds could be coming from the fact that this is a season where somebody could streak their way to a World Series, and the odds could very well be coming from that and reflecting that probability because in a normal season, like you said, baseball is such a game. I mean, they call it the game of averages. In the aggregate, you don't, you can't make the playoffs unless you are a very, very solid, strong team. You can't. And even the teams that get into the playoffs and get swept right out of it are still very, very good. It's very hard. Except for the Twins. 
except for the Twins when they play the Yankees. They are garbage. Yes, you they are gar- garbage. We will get we will get to this. You will hear because I have an apropos, very apropos response because right now, guess what, Twins? You're scheduled to face the Yankees, who you can't beat. Go on, Jerry. Well, I'm just saying that it takes a lot to make the playoffs in a, in a normal season. And you talked about this, was it, it was last year where the nationals, if it's a shorter season and it goes the opposite way, because last year, the nationals, if this was this short of a season after 60 games, they are not making the world series. They're not even making the playoffs. They were, they were very comparable to what the, the, uh, the Texas Rangers are like that. They were 19 and 31. All right, the Texas Rangers right now are 19 and 36. If you watched any of the Texas Rangers, they are a horrific team. Horrific. They are so bad. I mean, one of the worst I've ever seen. And that's basically exact. I mean, yeah, they have five more losses. So, I mean, if you really want to cut hairs, they might be the Boston Red Sox this year. Again, a horrific team who are 21 and 34. I mean, these are straight up bad teams these are all the teams that people are like yeah like they're awful they're just awful and last year like they won the world series that was a good team they got they went off got up to a slow start to say the least but they found it they went like 70 and 30 the rest of the way that's a good team it sometimes it takes a little bit to find your groove but i i mean i guess this year that didn't happen just looking at the standings but how, again, Washington, they, they started off slow again, 23 and 32, but a lot of injuries, a lot of losses, whatever. But that's the weirdness of this season. Yeah, it, it offers up the ability to be a true Cinderella because people can talk about the Nationals last year, about their slow start, and, oh, they're a Cinderella. But there, there really isn't a Cinderella as much in baseball, I don't think. I think there's teams of destiny, but there's never really a Cinderella that just has a miracle season. I think in order to make the playoffs, you have to be very good. And in order to win the World Series, you have to be unbelievable. And there, there is no tripping your way into a World Series. Um, you could talk about the Cubs were the team of destiny in 2016. Well, yeah, I'd like to subscribe to that idea that they were destined to win it, but they weren't lucky. Those are two different things. I think you have the baseball gods smiling down on you but that team also had to be managed the way that it was. And it also, they also had to have the players that they did in order to get there. There, there is no stumbling your way into a world series, but like you said, this Yankees team, they could lose out the rest of the regular season. And then, Oh crap, they rattle off 14 wins and they, and they go win the world series. And you could very well have the Rays who have been, Obviously, they're one of the top three favorites to win the World Series this year. And you can have them, and they could go right in and get swept right out of it. It's that, it's that different of a season this year where 60 games just in the grand scheme of baseball doesn't reflect typically what a team will look like. Because it, it all goes back to the Nationals last year where they would be considered a horrible team this year if it was a 60-game season. They would be put right there with the Red Sox and the Rangers. Maybe not in talent because they had a lot of talent, but in terms of record, they would be seen – actually, they would probably be seen as a bigger failure because of the talent that they had on the team with a record like that. But in a short season, 
that doesn't matter. You, you've got to make the playoffs. And some teams that in a 162 game season could have come to a true form over the, over the next hundred games that won't happen this year. And so the team that is going to win the world series could truly come from anywhere. And, and that's not, and that's taking into consideration that over half the teams in the league are making the playoffs this year. That opens it up for even more chaos. You, you have a team that in a 162 game season would finish fourth in their division. And here they are in the playoffs with the chance to run right into a world series. And like I said, it doesn't happen. It's not easy. You have to be good, but in this season, more than anything, it's about being good at the right time. It's always about being hitting your highest and peaking at the right time. But this season, more than anything, it is about peaking at the right time and peaking in a shorter amount of time than teams are very used to. You're right. And, and going back to what you said about there might be a team of destiny, when you talk about the Cubs, the Cubs won 103 games. Like they won 103 games the year that they won the World Series. That's not really like an underdog story. I mean, that that's like that is a legit team. I mean, that's that is a team not to be trifled with. And this year, especially, I think that this year the chaos could mirror what happens in hockey. It's not going to mirror what happens in basketball. And the difference between because both those leagues have eight teams that make the playoffs per conference. And the difference is, is in basketball, a one very, very rarely loses to an eight, very rarely. And in NHL, it's just rarely, or it's uncommon for an eight to beat a one. It'll happen, and it's happened many times before, and it's just the same thing that it is with baseball. Of It's just, one, it can happen – it, sometimes the bad team's going to win. In baseball, that's especially. Again, the best team, again, we talk about the Cubs. They were in a wagon two years ago. They lost almost 60 games. I mean, they lost, I mean, they lost, I mean, again, about a third of their games. So in a, in a series of three, given you have a one-third chance of losing, it's not unheard of for you to lose. It's just, it's not. And this year you have these eight seeds. I mean, you have Toronto and Cleveland right now are the seven and eight are, are the eight and the seven seeds respectively. And in the NL, as of right now, you have Milwaukee you already have Cincinnati and Milwaukee as the seven and eight seeds respectively. I, I'm still a believer in Cincinnati. I don't think they're going to beat the Dodgers, um, but I, I'm a believer in them. I think that's a good solid team that could go up against just about anybody and they could make the play uh, and they could beat them in the playoffs. They're going right up. They're going to go up against Atlanta. That's going to be a little bit of, that's going to be a little tough, but I think that they could figure it out. And I think that they could do it. And that's going to be true again, Toronto versus the Rays. I think to, that the Toronto could beat the Rays in, in a series. They really could. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be something that you're not going to expect to happen. And that's going to be much more like hockey. It, it, hockey used to be. Now they went back to the correct way of doing it of divisions and then, and then going from there. But this year you might have these teams playing and, you know, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati beats the Braves. I really wouldn't, I really wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland beat the White Sox uh, because Cleveland right now, they're hot. They're super hot. They're like the one thing that we were always saying all year long about Cleveland is like, yeah, their pitching's unreal, but they can't hit the ball. They they learned how to hit. They can hit. They've been mashing the ball lately. 
uh, that helps. That's a newsflash. When you can hit the ball, you're going to win more. And it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. I'm looking forward to it. I believe that the, the format is going to be the first round is three game, best of three. Is that correct, Jeremy? Okay. He's nodding his head yes. Uh, anybody. Anybody can win. Anybody can lose. I, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you who I think will win. That's a three-game set. That's a three-game set in October that could be a three-game set in June. I mean, you're going to go all out, which is going to be different. And that's also similar to what hockey, what I was getting to with hockey. The difference is the game is different in hockey when you go to the playoffs. You finish your checks. You skate harder. You skate a little bit longer, a little bit faster. It's more crisp. It's You're going all out. Where in the, in the regular season, you do coast a little bit just because of how much of a toll it takes on your body. In basketball, it's not like the best team's going to win because there's five guys on the court and they're out there the entire game. It's just completely different. It's why when you add LeBron to any team uh, and he plays a full season, they're going to make the playoffs. It does not matter the team as long as he plays a full season. In baseball now, you're going to get some weird stuff happening. If it's 1-1 and then – you know, it's game three. You might have your game one starter come out of the pen because guess what? If you don't win, you go home. There is no second chances. So you're going to have some weird stuff like that, and it's going to be awesome. I want to see Clayton Kershaw come out in a game three in, in the seventh inning. I want to. It's not going to happen, but I want to see it happen like that. I want to see some crazy stuff happen in a three-game series, and I'm really excited I am too. for it. And, and I think I'm a firm believer that I don't, and I know why they have seven game series, but I am a firm believer that the NHL and the NBA do not need to have almost every round be seven games because it's the same starters out there each time. But for baseball, I think you need at least five game series because you're working with a rotation of pitchers. And I think this three game series, like you said, five game is very traditional for baseball. So is seven. But with these three game series, you are going to see that weird stuff. And I can't wait. I can't wait either. You are going to see, I think a lot of starting pitchers come out, come out of relief. Um, you're four. I, I mean, I'm, I would honestly, if it's three game series, shoot, your four and five guys are on call the entire series. Your four and five guys are on call and, and they have a little bit expanded roster. So you throw your six up there too. So you've got three starting pitchers going on the mound and you've got three guys on call in the bullpen. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. And I can't wait to see what's happening. And really, with this being a shortened season, some people, some teams and some players have started out slow, but you also have some players that are absolutely scorching hot right now. Like you have Tim Anderson hitting 353, and that's not entirely unheard of because he hit 330 last year. He's coming into his own, and he's, you know, he's one of the main – he's a big reason why I'm, I'm nervous if the Indians have to play the White Sox. Um, I'll get into that later, but you've got some guys right now who are just scorching hot at the plate. and. It's just going to be such an interesting dynamic to see three game series because in any playoff, I, I think it's going to, I think most of these series in the first round are going to have the feel of wild card games. It is a wild card round, obviously, but when a 162 game season comes down to one wild card game, it's madness. The, the atmosphere is unbelievable. And, and people can argue, well, they just played 162 games. Does it have to come down to one? Well, that's the last spot. You're fighting for the last spot. If you would have, if you would have played better, you would have earned a series, but you didn't. Well, the fact that this, the fact that this is a wild card series, and it's three games, 
that your aces outing in that first game is absolutely critical. And obviously you need it to be good in a five or seven game series because that makes you comfortable or not comfortable. But a bad outing in the first game of a series in a three game series screws you. You are, you are so, so in trouble. And so I think you're really just going to take that wild card atmosphere that you see in these wild card games in past years, and you're going to stretch it out over three games. And it's going to be, it's going to be so exciting. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Do you want to get into, well, actually, you know what, let me just ask you this straight up. Does anybody go after the Dodgers this year? It, the odds, the Vegas odds put it a little bit closer, but do you think, do you think there's any team that's as well-rounded as they are? I think you just asked two different questions. I think you asked, is there a team that's as well-rounded as the Dodgers? And then you thought in, in the U.S., is there a team that could go after the Dodgers? Is there a team that's as well-rounded as the Dodgers and as healthy as the Dodgers? Absolutely not. All right? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you right off the top of my head some teams that could beat the Dodgers. Uh, Atlanta. The Cubs could beat them. The Yankees could beat them. I think not Houston couldn't. But I think the White Sox, I think Tampa Bay, and I think Cleveland could beat them. Uh, that's right off the top of my head. Those are teams that could beat the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. I think that this is their year. They're going to take this candy year, and they're going to claim it as their own. Blah, 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 blah. The Dodgers are so good. They're hitting so well. They're pitching well. They are a complete team. Uh, I'll throw it right back at you. Do you. I mean, answer your own question. I think it's the Dodgers World Series to lose. But again, they they are not getting the benefit of the doubt of being earning a divisional series right off the bat. They they are going into a three-game series just like everybody else, despite how unbelievable. I mean, they've they literally they're they've got a 700 winning percentage. They are tearing it up. But they don't they don't have the benefit of going into and knowing. We have a five-game series, so if we need to, Kershaw could start twice. In a five-game series, it's, it's more or less safe to assume that, that if you need your ace in game five, they can go again. But that luxury is not there for them because in, in normal years, that's what they would be used to. They would be used to getting that five spot right off the bat. They're not fighting for a wild-card game. But this year, like you said, any team that draws them in that first round truly could beat them. You get to Kershaw in that first game, and you make them go to their two and three, despite them being very, very good starters, anything can happen. And so I think if they get through their, that wild card round and, and they, don't, they don't implode, which is entirely possible, if they get through that wild card and don't, and don't implode and from there on out they have five and seven game series, I think it's their, it's their world series. And there are teams, like you said, it, it was a loaded question. There are teams that can beat them. But I just think over a five- or seven-game series, those odds become so much lower. I think in a three-game series, I agree with you, a team like Tampa could get to them. I would say the most likely ones would be the Yankees and would be the Cubs, uh, the Braves as well, and, and the Twins. The Twins are very good too. And I would put the White Sox up there too. The White Sox, honestly, in my opinion, have an incredibly intimidating lineup. I mean, the Indians, the Indians are playing them right now, and um, Shane Bieber obviously went to town on them, 10 strikeouts in five innings. But they are a team that really doesn't give you a break. They're one of those teams that there isn't a weak spot in their lineup. 
You have Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Edwin, who's batting like 170, but he still has 10 home runs. So they've got a very intimidating lineup, and they're a team that could go after the Dodgers too. But I personally think those teams would, could 100% beat them in a three-game series, but I think if the Dodgers meet anybody in a five-game series and they're going to get multiple starts out of Kershaw, and then you have a seven-game series where they're going to get multiple starts out of Kershaw and Walker Bueller, I, I think it's exponentially harder for a team to compete with that because, like you said, I think the key word you used was healthy because it's, it's such a well-rounded team and they're healthy at the same time. And it's a 60-game season. To maintain that healthiness is not as hard. It's not as hard mm -hmm. to do it over 60 games. 162, you could have some teams chock full of talent, and they're limping into the playoffs because they're banged up. They're fatigued. But at the end of 60 games, I mean, it truly is a sprint in, in baseball terms. And if you can be fully healthy, I mean, I, th I just think injuries are magnified in such a short season, obviously, because as we've talked about, each regular season game is worth, what, 2.7? regular games in a 62 game season so obviously every game you miss means more so in a season like this where it's such a sprint injuries are magnified and if you can stay as healthy as the Dodgers have when you've got other teams that are struggling with injuries um they they're just in a very good position right now all right well I think we should get right into our picks. Uh, I'm not positive of the format, to be honest with you, but for the sake of this, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say that it's a bracket. I know in hockey, what they did is they reset after every round, and they had the highest seed playing the lowest seed, which I don't like. Give me a bracket. It, it's it's the luck of the draw. If this like if the if the three seed loses the six seed, that's not to the number one seed's benefit. That's just that's just how the bracket goes. I did not like that about hockey. I really didn't. But what are you going to do? I don't know if they're doing that in baseball. But for the sake of this, we're going to say – I don't know if you have the standings up right now in front of you. If you don't, it, awesome. I think we go right through it. And I think that we give each other our picks. And uh, uh, we're both AL guys, so I'm going to start in the AL. Tampa Bay, Toronto in a three-game series. I got Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is really good. I think Toronto can hit the crap out of the ball. But I just don't think that they have a starter the way that um, Tampa Bay had Snell. Uh, and while Snell is not a Cy Young candidate this year, he's still pretty good. Um, I just think that they're, they're the team to beat right now. They're the most solid team. I think that they're going to beat Toronto pretty handily. If not, I think it's going to be 2-0, but that's semantics. I got Tampa Bay there. I've got Tampa Bay as well. Um, they, don't, they don't crush the ball by any means as a team. Uh, I've got it pulled up right here. You know, as, as a team, they're in the bottom half of the league, and they're hitting 235 as, as an overall team. But it's their pitching for them. And, and in a three-game series – you don't need your offense to be stretched out over a five or seven game series against multiple starters, potentially another team's ace twice. You don't need that. You, you need straight up two games where you could win the series by putting up three or four runs. And so it, it becomes pitching again, pitching becomes magnified in this wild card round. And I think with a team like the Rays, Blake Snell, has been awesome and, and I've been a fan of his and I'm glad that he's, he's truly come into 
a very strong form these last couple of years. I've, I've really liked that. Um, and you've also got Josh Fleming as well, who's been great, 4-0 with a 3-4-2. So he's been a good number two for them. And I've just in, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy seeing what they can put together because they've had such a strong year. And again, the East is usually the Yankees Red Sox show. And so whenever the Rays can climb up and contend, um, it's going to be exciting. And so I, I, I want them to beat Toronto. Toronto, I think will be good at some point, but as for the sake of this year with the team that Toronto's got, I want to see what they can do, especially when they have that one seed. All right, we're in agreement. And now, as I crack my knuckles, we get into uh, one near and dear to my heart. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give up a big old disclaimer uh, for some of our younger listeners. Uh, you, you might want to skip past this part because it's going to get pretty ugly. Uh, it's going to be the disclaimer for uh, the younger viewers and the Minnesota Twins fans who have the IQ of younger uh, people. Um, the Twins are the most inconsequential team of all time, especially when it comes to the Yankees. It, they, we Yankees are the proverbial monkey on the Twins' back. They can't do it. There have been better Twins teams that continually lose to the Yankees who aren't as good because the Twins can't beat the Yankees. And I'm going to be real honest with you for a second, Jeremy, because I'm not all too confident in this New York Yankees team. I still think we're going to beat the Twins. But just for the sake of I, – because I feel sorry for them, I hope that the Twins can beat us this year in this Fugazi 60 games, whatever season. And it's the same feeling that I'm going to get if that happens as when in a lot of high school football games, if you have a special needs player that they score a touchdown and you're just like, Oh, good for them. Like that's going to be like, I'm so proud of you. Like you did it. And you know, it's just a heartwarming thing and you watch it and you're like, Oh, look at the little guy go. And that's going to be me watching the twins. I hope that they can finally, for the sake of them and for the sake of me, that like next year when the Yankees do play the twins in the playoffs, in a real playoff, and we beat the crap out of them, that I can, I can feel something. You know, I can feel something instead of just like, it's the exact opposite of what I feel for the Lions. The Lions, I'm like, we're going to lose this game. There's nothing I can do about it. And that must be what Twins feel, fans feel like. And I'm like, I feel sorry for you because I know what it feels like. But you're not going to beat the Yankees. You're the most inconsequential peanut of a team when it comes to facing the Yankees. I mean, you could have a bunch of Hall of Famers, but you're not going to beat the Yankees because you're cursed. We are bigger than you. We are living rent-free inside of the Twins' heads. They cannot do it. They will not do it. And put up or shut up. And if they do win, it's adorable. Good for them. <laughs> you were, um, we were looking for unbiased opinions on this podcast, and I'm I'm just very glad that you provided yours. I'm just as unbiased as Connor is. <laughs> Our resident Cleveland homer. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be the Yankees. And here's the thing is the Twins, like the White Sox, again, this is, is two reasons why they're both ranked ahead of us in the Central. The, the Twins, like the White Sox, I don't like playing them. I don't like it. They don't seem to have – a weak spot in their lineup. And statistics-wise, they do. Obviously, every team does. But the Twins are just somebody they grind out at bats. And I like watching them hit. I think as a pitcher, it's tough to go up against each one of them because they hit very well. 
and they're disciplined. And I don't like watching the Indians play them. It's just, you know how you have those teams where your team is playing against another team's lineup and you just feel uneasy all the time during the game. I, I hate that. And, and this year the twins and the white Sox both are like that as me being an Indians fan watching them. But at the same time, again, like it's, it's a three game series. You know, we've stressed this enough today that, that anything truly can happen, but the Yankees, man, they, DJ LeMahieu batting 356. Giovanni Urshela, I have been rooting for him for years. Ever since, I mean, I, I liked him in Cleveland. Um, he just didn't really fit there with Jose Ramirez and Lindor. And Kipnis was there at the time. The infield was stacked. But he was so good defensively that I just loved watching him play. And he's hitting over 300 this year. And so when you've got a guy like Gio, who you wouldn't necessarily expect to be really picking up the slack for you, hitting 300, Clint Frazier hitting 286, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. 21, 21 home runs from him. And then you have Stanton and Judge coming back. And, again, it's a 60-game season, so they, they truly are coming back at the right time. It's, it's perfect for them. And so I just don't see them beating – they've got this proverbial curse that you talk about – but I think just straight up talent wise, I don't, I don't see them beating. I do not see them beating the Yankees. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and well, again, I don't, I'm again, I'm not confident in this Yankees team that it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago that I was like, this team stinks. Like they're not like, not, not that they're not good. They stink. All right. Because their pitching just wasn't working. I mean, they have, I mean, Paxton is out. Severino is out. Okay. That hurts. Not great. But no, Debbie Garcia has pitched well. The bullpen is still the bullpen. Um, I just think, I think they're better than I think they are, maybe. But it's just the Twins, man. They're so snake bitten. They're one of those franchises that, like, like, I'll say it's, it's just – it's like the Rockies. Like, I'll say the Rockies are never going to win anything. They are never, ever, ever going to win anything. The Sacramento Kings will never win anything. The Phoenix Coyotes will never win anything. Those teams just have a funk over them. And they – all of them, they will never in their life win the championship. They won't. Same with the Lions. They're snake bitten too. They won't ever win one either. Um, which saddens me to my core, but they, that's just one of these teams. They don't have it. They don't have it. And yeah, you're going to tell me, oh, the twins won one in 1991. Shut up. Most of our listeners weren't born then. All right. Um, they stink. They absolutely stink. All right. So we're going to move on to the next one. And it is number three, Oakland athletics versus Houston and this is the easiest one for me this is athletics all the way Houston their record says that they're an okay team you watch them play they are bad obviously they're a little distracted uh I wonder why uh Justin Verlander's out their ace is out their their number one pitcher Zach Greinke who's really good who's having a good season but outside of that, they don't have really a World Series roster, especially with the way Jose Altuve and George Springer have been playing, which is not very good. I have Oakland sweeping, and it's going to be pretty easy. I, I think 
Oakland is just too talented top to bottom. They have one of my favorite players in the league, Sean Murphy, because he went to my high school. Uh, he's a starting catcher. He's doing pretty well this year. Uh, like him, like the guy. Oakland, all the way. Houston, I don't even know if they score five runs the entire series. It's it's tough. It's tough to root for the A's without Matt Chapman. Um, he's really become one of my favorite players in the league over the last couple of years. But the batting leader right now in the A's is Steven Piscotty, and he's hitting 234 with five home runs. He's got 30 RBIs, but it, it, it's really going to be tough. I think the A's are going to have to rely on pitching, and they've had good years out of, out of guys like Chris Bassett, and, you know, he's 5-2 and two with a 2.57. I think, um, you know, and Mike Fires, his ERA is up there, but the team seems to score runs for him and, and help him help him out in that way but I but isn't it isn't this the quintessential A's team but they're leading batters hitting 230 with like five home runs and yet the record is what it is I mean is that not the quintessential A's team you're right about that you're right about that I I do want them to win there's no doubt about that I would it, I think it's good for baseball when a team like well not a team like I just think the A's in general when the A's can win but I mean, I could just totally see the Astros picking it up and just making everybody really annoyed and, and advancing far in this playoff. I, I do agree with you. They're not a good, they're not a good team talent wise. They are. Um, I like to think that they're distracted because of, because of uh, the crap that they pulled off, but just overall, like they're, they're struggling. They're struggling big time. And they could be a team that 162 game season, I could very well see them, starting out like this where the star players are not playing that well. And then they just turn it on and start going and everybody's really annoyed at it, but I could see them doing that in this playoffs too. And I could see them advancing. So honestly, like my mind says the Astros, even though I, I definitely don't want it, but my mind says the Astros with the experience of that team. And I'm not even going to call it a chip on their shoulder, but just this frustration that they, that they want to get out. I can see the Astros advancing despite missing Granky and Verlander. I can see them making it past the A's. All right. And now it brings us to uh, the fight portion of our, uh, of our uh, discussion. We got to talk white Sox versus Indians. Um, again, you being one of the most unbiased Cleveland Indians fans, again, we should just call this the unbiased podcast, uh, the most right. unbiased Cleveland Indians fan. And then you have a guy who also watches the Indians. This White Sox team is terrifying. They are filthy. I have just filthy. I mean, nobody is talking about Dallas Keuchel. Nobody. And he has a 2.04 ERA. And while I actually am not a big fan of ERA, I'm really not. I don't think it really shows how good of a player anybody is. I'm much more of a fan of whip, which is walks and hits per innings pitched. I think that is uh, because I prefer, like, yes, there is something to not letting runs in. There is something to that. Don't get me wrong. 
But I think that in a show of, I'd rather have a dominant pitcher than anything else. And I think that whip really shows dominance. And they have two guys. I mean, Lucas Giolito's whip is 1.03. And an average whip is about probably about 1.17 to 1.25. That's what like an average whip is. Think that's like, I don't know, 3.5 ERA, 3.75 ERA. Lucas Giolito's whip is 1.03. Dallas Keuchel's 1.1. They have Dave Dunning, 1.03. Okay? Those are three guys that can get it done. Get it done. All right? That's what you need coming into the playoffs. Now, they also have a bullpen. That is Alex Colome, who has been elite as a closer. Elite. Shut down. All right? His whip, 0.98. All right? And now, I think for relievers, ERA means nothing. doesn't mean anything, but when your ERA is 0.84, you mention it. Uh, he is shut down out of the out of the bullpen. They're hitting. I think that they have personally the AL MVP in Jose Abreu. Um, he's a monster, an absolute monster. And yeah, the Indians are hot right now, and the Indians have the pitching. Uh, I'm gonna go after just looking at it and not going back and doing the research as to what the White Sox and the Cleveland Indians record was against each other throughout the year, I'm going to go White Sox. I mean, you could probably tell me what their record was against each other, and maybe it sways me. But right off the bat, I got I got the White Sox. Well, naturally, I vehemently disagree with you. I think as much as this Indians team – well, not really the team, just management frustrates me sometimes with their lack of going out and getting that true piece to, to win them a World Series. This team has still made the playoffs because they have such a good team. Um, Bieber is next level. I mean, he's the Cy Young winner this year in the American League, in my opinion. And I think Jose Ramirez makes a run at the MVP. He's been unbelievable. Uh, last night, he he had the walk-off home run to clinch the playoff spot, and that was after hitting like three home runs in his previous two games. He's unbelievable. And I just think that this team is so, so, so good. I can't even imagine where they would be if Carlos Santana was hitting even 230 or 240. He's hitting like 180-something. And so, and yet he's, his on-base percentage is unbelievable. His power is unbelievable. I can't even imagine this team would be a 40-win team. If this team would be matching the Dodgers record, if Carlos Santana was hitting at a higher average, I think, because he's such an integral part of that lineup. But I wasn't incredibly wowed by their, by their acquisitions at the trade deadline, but they're serviceable and, and they provide the depth and they provide a little bit more I don't know what you want to call it, a little more sturdiness in that lineup. And there's not as much of a drop-off when you get to the bench. But you've got Carlos Carrasco. You have got Tristan McKenzie, who I believe they're going to use out of the bullpen from now on. His fastball velocity has dropped a pretty to a pretty serious degree lately. So I think they're going to use him out of the bullpen. But Aaron Savali's been good. Zach Plezak has been good. I think you've just got a deep rotation, obviously. I mean, every year these past couple of years, they've been 
hands down one of the best rotations in baseball. Their pitching development is unbelievable. But it comes down to the lineup. And they have absolutely been hit, been hitting the ball lately. But as we saw in 2017 when they ran into the Astros, and as we've seen in in recent years, I mean, this is a team, I mean, they're hitting 228 as a team this season, but this is a team that can go very, very, very cold. And that worries me big time in a three-game series. It worries me in any series, actually, because they can go very, very cold. And so, again, streakiness could win a World Series here, but I, I really hope that the Indians can be at least streaky in the right times because – my, my point here, because we're just talking about the White Sox at this moment, but this Indians team is this Indians team is five and two against the White Sox this year. I have seen Shane Bieber six and two after tonight. Shane Bieber has carved them up. I mean, I watched him I watched him strike out Jose Abreu on three pitches just just before I hopped on the podcast with you. Um, curveball bouncing before the plate, and Jose had no idea what was going on. Bieber, I mean, granted, he, Bieber's done that to quite a few hitters this year. But I've seen that pitching staff work hard against the White Sox and and truly beat them, truly beat that lineup. And like we said, pitching is going to be magnified. You, you need one or two good starts, holding a team under three runs, and if your bullpen can be serviceable, that can win you an entire – that can get you to the next round. And I think the Indians pitching can do that. Again – this lineup can go very, very cold. There were a couple outings where Bieber couldn't even get one run of offense. So if this Indians lineup can just be serviceable, they get past the White Sox in the playoffs. Again, like I said, I don't like that White Sox lineup. It, it makes me nervous, but I've watched our pitching carve them up enough to know that if the Indians lineup is serviceable, they don't have to be hot like they are now, but if they're serviceable, the Indians advance in that in that series. All right. So you have the Indians. I think we should go ahead and switch over to the NL and run through the first round. Um, I think what we do is we, as of right now, the standings, and the standings are extremely subject to change. Um, again, I see right off the bat six, seven, eight, nine, um, and ten. I mean, it's all based off – it's going to stink because I think that – Miami might end up getting into the playoffs over a team like San Francisco or an over team like Philadelphia because they uh, missed some of those games. I'm not quite sure that they're going to be able to successfully make up all the games that they lost. And it might be that they only get to play 59, which is going to stink, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? That being said, right off the bat, we have Dodgers versus Milwaukee, one versus eight. Dodgers in the sweep. I, I think that we could probably uh, do this one pretty quickly. The Dodgers are going to beat Milwaukee. I don't really think there's a question. Am I correct? You're correct. I, 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 just, I really like Christian Yelich. I really loved seeing the Brewers in the playoffs and seeing them as a, as a contender. But, I mean, this year it's – this year, it's the Dodgers. I, I want to see Milwaukee in the playoffs in the future. I think that that was awesome to see that city and that stadium be so into it. But this year, it's not a discussion. Awesome. It's the Dodgers. Um, 
the next one I'm going to get in because I actually want your opinion because I like this a lot. And there's going to be a lot of people that don't like this. The way that this playoff is set up in baseball is it is set up in a very structured format uh, because record-wise, the four seed in the NL actually is the second best seed in the National League. However, the way that they're setting it up is they're going a tier system. If you are the winner of your division, you are a top three seed, no questions asked. If you are in second in your division, you are between four and six, no questions asked. And then there's the wild card. So we have San Diego playing St. Louis. And San Diego has the second best record in the league. Um, again, the answer, oh, is that fair? Some people are going to say, I don't really care because uh, a lot of it is, a lot of it has changed. A lot of people will say, I don't really care about your division. You're in this conference. That's good enough for me. Don't tier it that way. Let me have the best teams be the best teams. I really like a tiering system. I really do enjoy it, especially this year because you really only played your division and then the AL division. It really needs to be tiered that way. That's my two cents. That being said, San Diego beats the St. Louis Cardinals. And I really, really wish that St. Louis actually, I'm sorry, I really wish that the Padres could have been the three seed or something so they could face the Dodgers in the NLCS because this Padres team is exciting. They are good. They are young. They are talented. They are so much fun. And I, I mean, I hope that, that the St. Louis game goes to three games so I get an, I get an extra day to see them play. I couldn't agree more. That, that lineup is so good for baseball. It's so exciting. Will Myers is, is turning into that player that he hasn't been these last couple of years. He's hitting 300 now. It, you've got Tatis Jr. You've got Eric Hosmer. You've got Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis. Like, oh, my God. I love that lineup. I, lo I love that. Lineup. Trent Grisham, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's been awesome. I, I love watching that lineup play. And the, NL, and the NL Rookie of the Year, Jake Cronenworth. I mean, there's just so many guys. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, they've, and they went out and got Mike Clevenger at, at, the, you know, at the deadline. So good for them. I, I want to see them play. You're right. I would love to see them play the Dodgers. But I am really happy that they are true to form, that they're going to be in this playoff. They're going to be in the playoffs next year and probably the year after that. This, this team is very, very, very good. And, again, like you said, like I hope it goes to three games too. Um, in a game three, anything can happen and something can fall apart for them. But if it means that they advance and I get an extra day to watch the Padres, then I'm going to take it. All right, awesome. Um, now we're going to go down to – I'll say shocking. It's shocking that this is the matchup. And I'll be honest with you, by the end of the week, I don't think this will be the matchup. But as where it sits right now, it's the Chicago Cubs versus the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins are 28 and 27. What in the world? Like, what in the world? I can name one starting pitcher that they have, Jose Arena. And that's just because I like to say his name. His last name is really fun to say. Uh, and it's got the little, uh, I don't know, tilde above the end. Love it. That's the only reason I know. I know that they have Brian Anderson. They have Miguel Rojas. That's about it. I don't, I think that this is the team that benefited 
the most from this season being so short because they are, from what I'm looking at, they are the act, they are the team. They are the one team that is like, look, we only had to be good for 60 games. We did that, like, let us in the playoffs. I would much rather see the Phillies here. I mean, much rather. I, I, like, I think the best thing that could happen, though, is I think Cincinnati overtakes, uh, even though that actually, I'm looking at, no, that won't happen. That can't happen. Uh, because, again, the wild card thing. I mean, I really want Cincinnati to be the sixth seed here. I really do. I really want them to be not the seventh seed because it's going to be so challenging because I think Cincinnati is a good team, and I don't think Miami is a good team. I think that they are such pretenders, and they're going to get slaughtered by the Cubs, who I also think are pretty good, not elite. I think they're pretty good. I mean, this team could surprise people. Um, I haven't really been following them a lot, but They've been pretty good. Chris Bryant's been struggling, um, but you Darvish is awesome. Kyle Hendricks has been a Kyle Hendricks. It's just the Cubs. The Cubs win in Cubs win two games, and they might outscore Miami by thirteen. Couldn't agree more. I think we can almost just move on right from that because the Marlins are one hundred percent, like you said, they've benefited from from such a short season. And like you said, we only had to be good this good for this long. There's more playoff spots, shorter season. We we did the bare minimum. We turned in the paper and we passed. But once it comes, I know a lot about that. Once it comes final exam time, they're they're not going to have a great time. All right, we move on to what one will be challenging, because especially because the matchup is Atlanta versus Cincinnati, and Atlanta has who I think is the NL MVP. I think it's going to be Freddie Freeman. I think he has had a monster season and he has been unreal the only thing that Mookie Betts could I don't know but whatever regardless the only thing that is tripping me up from Atlanta is Max Freed left today Max Freed their number one starter left the game today with a tweaked ankle I hope that's precautionary if it's more than precautionary that's trouble because they already lost Soroka that means that I mean they don't have anything that can go that can touch Cincinnati's pitching staff because Cincinnati has a legit starting pitching staff. Um, they have, I mean, Trevor Bauer, who has been on fire. He has been unreal. So he might be my favorite player in the league right now. He is so much fun. He chirps everybody. He welcomes being chirped back. He is so fiery. He had a strikeout today, and then he stepped off the mound and screamed as loud as he could because he's like, I'm pitching for this team's life. And it is electric. It is much-watched television. They have Luis Castillo, who has one of the nastiest change-up and slider combinations I've ever seen. Sonny Gray. Their hitting has left a little bit to be desired. Nick Castellanos came off hot, and then he cooled off. Eugenio Suarez was ice cold, and then he's kind of come around. Joey Votto gets on base. That's about as much as I can say about that. Outside of those guys, they have a little bit of Indians in them and that they are going to struggle to score some runs sometimes. They're going to be a little streaky. Um, They're they're obviously missing their announcer, which is a big, big, uh, (laughs) a big, big hurt. As long Um, as they're not playing in Kansas City, it's fine. Exactly, exactly. So, but Kansas City didn't make the playoffs. So, all right, Tom, Uh, Tom, excuse me. I got a Tom Tough here. I'm a little split. I really want Cincinnati to do it. I picked them in the beginning of the season. I thought they'd be a little better 
but I thought their pitching staff was going to be exactly what it was, which was elite. Um, they just don't have a bullpen, and that scares the living crap out of me. They're streaky hitting, no bullpen. That is not a recipe for success. But Cincinnati in three. Okay, okay. Cincinnati in three. Three-game series, as we've stressed, anything can happen. I would say I almost started to say Cincinnati, the Reds have arrived, but they have not arrived. They are arriving. However, I, I so badly want that team to be good. With going out and signing Bauer, again, it, it depends on what they and Bauer want to do for, for a long-term type of thing. But they are putting together a good team. And it's going to be so exciting to see the Reds be good again. I think they are a team that goes an entire season and makes the playoffs next year. But I want to see them make a splash this year. However, that Braves team is so, so good. They're so very good. They're picking and fun. They're fun. They can hit the ball. They're outstanding defensively. They're hitting over 270 as a team. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh. It's ridiculous. And they are the number one hitter on the A's is hitting 230. Yeah. They, they are mashing the ball, seriously mashing the ball. And I think the, I think the Braves win in two. However, however, I desperately want to see Trevor Bauer pitch in that game one. And I desperately want to see him show all of the emotion that you know he's going to show. And he's, he's going to be all, he's going to be all over Twitter with probably himself tweeting, but also uh, all the video of him strutting off the mound. I just got a notification that said he struck somebody out, yelled, and then walked off the mound like Conor McGregor. Exactly what I was just talking about. I, it's I love it. I love it. So I can't wait to see him in game one. I hope he stays in Cincinnati and I hope they put together a full season playoff team next year. But can that offense that is currently ranked last in the league compare and produce enough runs to hang with the Braves? No. I think it's a two-game yeah. win for the Braves. But I am excited to see the Reds in the playoffs. Reds in two, final answer. However, I accept being wrong because – I mean, I'm desperate. I am so desperate for the Reds to just pick it up over these next couple of games and pass the uh, pass uh, pass the the uh, shit. I can't talk. Pass the um, Cardinals. I desperately want them. However, then they'd have to face the the Padres. So they're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Reds in three. Reds in three. Uh, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Unbiased opinion unbiased opinions here okay this has nothing to do with the fact that i'm from i lived in dayton which is basically a suburb of cincinnati half of these listeners talk about uh, the reds and they want the reds the reds were my pick in the beginning of the season unbiased opinion reds in three uh if i was biased i would have said reds in two next round, okay. my friend. um yep now let's swing back around uh tampa bay versus new york five game series New York. As much as I'm unconfident and streaky, New York and four. I like Snell. I like the way that he pitches. Um, he's clearly the best pitcher on that on that staff, but I don't think I don't think that pitching staff can hold the water with the Yankees' offense and with Stanton and Judge back. I mean, that truly is 
a flood. And I don't think the Rays can, can hold that much water. It's, it's going to be – I don't think the Yankees are going to kill them by any means, but I 100% think that that offense is going gonna, is gonna to ramp up. And, and they're going to look like they have been for these past, you know, these past 10 games. Um, I said the Yankees. I don't know about in, I don't know about in three, but I would say at, I would be shocked if it goes to five. All right. So he's got the Yankees as well. All right. Now for this next one, I will be talking about Oakland versus the Chicago White Sox. And you will be talking about the exact reverse. You will be talking about Houston versus Cleveland. Um, as this is not, as this is different than us kind of speaking it to ourselves, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I, I have White Sox. I think the winner of the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Indians series goes to the ALCS. I think, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that you can agree with me on that. Am I correct? Yep. All right. Yeah, we can, so you have Cleveland. We can keep it short and sweet just because I don't, I don't like, I just get tired of talking about the Astros. I, I just despise them. I um, I just want the Indians' offense to put up, I don't know, say 90 runs against them in a five-game series. That'd be cool. And I want Shane Bieber to strike out every single hitter on the team. I'm pretty sure that can happen. So why don't you just write that in my predictions for the series? 90-0. Yep, that works. Okay. All right, let's swing back around. We're going to do the easier one, all right? We're going to not go in the direct order. You will be talking about the Cubs versus Atlanta. I will be talking about the Cubs versus Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati in five. I like this. I like, I, like, I like both Ohio teams making it to a championship series. I like that a lot. Um, I just I think that this pitch pitching wins in fall. Okay, you can scrape together some runs, and Eugenio Suarez. I almost said Eugenic Suarez. Yikes! Uh, uh, Eugenio Suarez and Nick Castellanos, I think, will be able to will that team, and I think that they are going to come alive, and I think that they're going to be able to, to crush the ball, and. I think that their pitching and their defense is going to come back, and they're, that's the reason that they're going to win. I think the Cubs are struggling a little bit. I think they they might have a little bit more of an offense than the Reds, uh, but they have Hugh Darvish, who lines up with Trevor Bauer, but they don't have Castillo. They don't have a bat. They don't have a Sunny Gray. Um, the only thing that's holding me back is that bullpen for the Reds stinks, but it doesn't matter. When you send your starters nine innings, Reds in five. I love this. I love this. The Reds I didn't have making it past the wild card round, but I love this Reds hype and I'm here for it. Because that's the thing. If there's a couple teams in this playoffs that if they if they prove me wrong, I will take that with a smile on my face. And if the Reds want to go as far as they want to go, I will sit here and I will I will go out and I will buy some red red shirts. I will be calling you every game and being like, dude, they're doing it. I, I like Trevor Bauer for president, Trevor Bauer for mayor. I mean, he could do it from, he could, imagine him vlogging as like, I'm like literally the mayor of Cincinnati and I'm going to go strike out 27 today. I am here. I am here for the Reds. I don't think they're going to do it, <laughs> but I'm here for it. If that makes any sense, I am here for it. 
However, with my actual pick, I'm going to go the Braves over the Cubs. Um, again, that Braves team is so good. Their offense is unbelievable. I don't think the Cubs pitching handles that. And I think, I think the Braves, again, five game, you know, series sweep. It, it's tough to sweep another team in five games, but I see, I see the Braves sweeping the Cubs. All right. Now we're going to go to probably, I think the hardest and yet at the same time, the easiest. Uh, I think that we're going to probably talk, if we talk about this each for three minutes, I think we're going to spend two minutes and 45 seconds talking about the Padres and the last 15 minutes is going to be, but the Dodgers are the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers versus Padres. Again, I pray that this goes five games so I can watch five additional games of the Padres. They are so much fun to watch. They're so exciting. They give off this energy. They want to play together. I just think that one, it's a few years too early. I think they need another pitcher. I think they need somebody to come up. Um, the thing that's terrifying, the thing is truly terrifying is that the Padres have in their minor league system this year, the number one pitching prospect, Mackenzie Gore. He's a lefty and he's dominant. They also have a really other good pitching prospect. I believe he's a top 50 prospect and his name is Luis Patino and he throws gas. I think they also have another pitching prospect that's in the top 100. They have ammunition coming. They have reinforcements coming and people need to get on board now because they are going to start dominating for a long, long time because Manny Machado is back. People like he had a rough year last year and I almost counted him out. I thought he was going to be one of those guys that signs a big contract because he wants the money and he coasts the rest of his career. No, he's back. He would have been an all-star starter this year over Nolan Arenado, who I think is one of the best players in the league. The Padres, I mean, we haven't even talked about Fernando Tatis because I, it, the problem is, is some of our like listeners may not follow it as much as Fernando Tatis is, think what Luka Doncic is. Fernando Tatis is Luka Doncic. Fernando Tatis is Lamar Jackson. He's Patrick Mahomes. He is the real deal. He's young. He's exciting. And he's exactly what a social media baseball uh, fandom wants. He's going to go out. He's going to be unapologetic about how excited he is to hit home runs. He's going to celebrate with his team. He's going to backflip. He's going to smile. He's going to taunt you. And you're going to love every single second of it. I cannot get enough of him. He is so unbelievably fun and talented. And I just want to watch all of his games. So please, for the love of God, give me a five-game series. But the Dodgers are going to win. I think I have the same result. Um, <laughs> you, were, you were dead on about just talking up the hype behind the Padres and then just ex having to accept almost the sad reality that the Dodgers are, are straight up better. But again, we're talking about things that baseball needs and they need a team like the Padres and the Padres are going to be that team barring some catastrophic mismanagement, but they're going to be that team for the next couple of years, next several years. I mean, shoot. Um, but again, the Dodgers are so good. And here, and here's the thing though, is the Dodgers are so deep with their pitching that I can see them. I can see very realistically the Padres getting after Kershaw in that first game. I can see them putting up like a six spot on him. And then the Dodgers pulling it together. Kershaw comes back in a game five and shuts them down. 
that that's my prediction. That's pretty specific, but that's my prediction. And that's what I want to happen as well. I, I want to see the Padres just explode. I want to see the baseball world go, holy crap, the Padres are here. But I think more realistic, whether whether they do it in those first couple of games or whether it takes a five-game series, I think the, the Dodgers buckle down and they play like the Dodgers that they are. And, and that is just a, a straight-up, well-oiled machine of a team. And I think that they win it in five. Here is exactly who the Dodgers are, and I'll explain it in one person. I'm about to give you the stats of their number five starter. Undisputed, no questions asked, he's the number five starter. Like, he, I, he's going to make the postseason roster, but for the sake of this, like, there is a chance he doesn't, even though he will. He has a whip of .79, and his ERA is 1.77. His name is Tony Gonsolin. He is the undisputed fifth starter, and he has a whip of .79. That's who the Dodgers are. They are going to massacre you. Their ERA leader, uh, a man by the name of Joseph Kelly, who has yet to allow an earned run. I mean, he's pitched, I mean, he pitched five innings. He's pitched eight innings, 10 appearances. Who cares? Zero earned runs. I mean, when you have Kershaw, Julio Urias, Dustin May, I mean, just in the shortened season, and this might mean nothing to a lot of you, and that's okay. Just know that these are un unreal. Here are the wars. Wins above replacement. How many games they are, how many wins you can attribute to them that have gone to him of over an average player. Clayton Kershaw has a 1.8. Dustin May, 1.1. Urias, 0.8. Gonsolin, 1.4. In a regular season, that is 2.7 times longer than this. A war of two is really good. You're an all-star if you have a war of two, okay? That's over 2.7 times more than what they have. And Kershaw almost has a war of two is unreal. It is unreal. The team is a wagon. So then that swings us back around. Uh, we need to discuss the AL, ALCS. Um, and if yours thing, if your scenario happens, uh, the Yankees versus the Cleveland Indians, you and I just have to fist fight. Would that, is, that, is that correct? I think that may be a very good idea for our first live streamed episode. And I, <laughs> I think we just battle it out. And I think whatever happens is our prediction. And if you, if you beat me down, then I have to go with the Yankees. And if the reverse happens, then you've got to pick the Indians. Or maybe, I have a maybe best case scenario with all of his great ideas, maybe Manfred just decides whoever wins our fight wins the series. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, we videotape it. We send it into the MLB office and we say, here is what we have decided. We would like you to agree with, us <laughs> okay we take it upon ourselves and be like no, no no you don't have to play the games like i'm gonna spare you the covid liability this is the result of the series this is the modern day equivalent of the movie troy where each of the armies are standing opposite each other and they each send out a warrior and if whatever the result of that is they'll they'll respect it that is us it's you and i except it's going to look way less cool it's going to be Way less. way less athletic and way less. It's just going to be a very scrappy and horrible to watch fight. But Rob Manfred is going to receive the video. 
whether whether he likes it or not. That being said, you have the Indians versus the New York Yankees. I have the Indians versus the Chicago White Sox. Um, is it fair to say that it is I have Yankees versus White Sox? You have Yankees versus Indians. Is this fair to say that both of us are going to continue our reputation of being extremely unbiased? It's it's tough because. I personally, if I have to be objective, I think the Yankees beat the Indians. Um, because at this point, it's a seven-game series with a trip to the World Series on the line. You get two starts out of Bieber, but the Yankees offense, man, it scares me. It scares me big time. And the same thing, like I said about the White Sox, that lineup scares me, and I get nervous watching it. But the Indians have been able to to quiet them pretty well. But what scares me – a lot about the Yankees is that the Yankees don't get quieted all that often by a team consistently. They just don't. They, their lineup is so strong. Um, it almost gives me PTSD back to the 2017 playoffs when the Indians went up two nothing on them and then, you know, lost the next three. Um, I know I heard, I remember. I know I heard from you about that, but if I, if I've got to be objective, like you're getting two starts out of Bieber, you're getting one, possibly two out of Carrasco, but man, the Yankees lineup is good. And I just don't see the Indians having the firepower to match it. I just don't. If they went out and got a piece or got a piece or two, um, I could see it. I could see it be, I could see it happening. I could see the Indians winning in five. Seriously. If they went out and got, got a power hitting outfielder, like they should have, I could see them beating the Yankees in five, but I think it's going to be the Yankees in six. Um, the Yankees pitching scares me. Uh, we have Garrett Cole. Unreal. Don't need to really talk about him. It's the guys after him that I feel the need to talk about because the guys after him, albeit what their stats are saying uh, and what they are, speak a different story. J.A. Happ and Masahiro Tanaka have whips of 1.06 and 1.02 respectively. ERA is 3.25 and 3.27 respectively. I don't think that they are actually that good. Um, and a lot, is, a lot is actually going to tell me to the contrary because they have had to play in the AL East. Um, yes, they've gotten to play the Orioles, but they also had to play the Rays. Oh, they get to play the Orioles and the, and the Red Sox a lot. But they also had to play the Blue Jays. They also had to play the Rays a lot. Pretty good offense. They had to play the Phillies. Pretty good offense. Um, but they also got to play again in Miami. I, Miami, I don't think they're a very good offense. They got to, I mean, they had to play the Braves. I mean, they got to play the East. And I think the East has some good top, it, they're very bottom and top, bottom and top heavy. There are no average teams in there, uh, average offenses at least. They're bad or they're good. And that pitching staff does scare me a little bit. Uh, I think Garrett Cole, it's the same thing. I'm going to count two hopefully three wins with Garrett Cole. Can somebody else find a win or can the bats really light, light it up? I hope so. Um, and, and with that in mind, I think I'm going to go Yankees, but I think it's Yankees and six over the White Sox. I think the White Sox give us a lot of trouble. I think that the beauty of this, the beauty of all of this too is, Normally, the AL will play everybody else in the AL. There's something. They've never seen each other this year. 
They haven't seen each other at all. The Yankees have not seen the White Sox. They have not seen Minnesota. They haven't seen them yet. This could very well be just a crapshoot. We could get everything wrong. That's pretty cool. All that being said, I got Yankees in six um, in the in the finals. And do you have Yankees as well? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. So we each have the Yankees. The definition of a team that I would love to prove me wrong is obviously the Yankees. Yes. <laughs> and now we go to the NLCS, where we both have the Dodgers playing. You have the Braves, and I have the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the scrappy, scrappy Reds, team of destiny. You just want to get it over um, with and say Reds in four yet? <laughs> I, I, come on, Jeremy. Reds in five. Gentlemen, um, <laughs> I, I, Come on. I, I, I've said all I can say about the Reds. <laughs> this is when they Are get swept. Are you going to do it? I mean, <laughs> Think like I got I got Dodgers in four. I mean, <laughs> I think the <laughs> this is the equivalent of like the 15 seed winning in the NCAA tournament and then just getting blown out by 30 in the round of 32. I mean, just like they came, they did what they wanted to do, get them out of there, <laughs> and that's what that's what the Dodgers would do. To the hey, Reds. They were good for the ratings. It got some people excited, but let's let the big boys play now. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, again, it's like having a D3 school. It's like Appalachian State beating Michigan. Be like, oh, that's very good. Like, what if they had to go play Alabama afterwards? Congratulations. You just beat a Big Ten team. We're going to put you in the SEC now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like good. Not only the, not only the SEC, we're going we're gonna to put, like, let's take an aggregate of the last 10 best Alabama teams, including the pro players today, and that's who you're going to play. Good luck. <laughs> Dodgers in four. That's fair. Now I've got the Dodgers and the Braves. Yes, and that's going to be a great series that if that does happen, I would watch every single game. 100%. That's a seven-game series, but I still think the Dodgers win it. I think the Braves' offense comes out, and I think they are exciting, but I think I think the Dodgers pitching shuts them down. Um, or I shouldn't say shuts them down. I, I say the Dodgers pitching manages them. They manage them. Mm -hmm. They do enough to get the win. The Dodgers offense does enough to get the wins. Like, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see some home runs from Acuna, from Freeman. It's going to be, you know, that's going to be exciting. It'll get the people going. But at the end of the day, their run, their run support with this Dodgers pitching staff is going to be held to like four or five. And that and that Dodgers lineup is more than capable almost every game of a playoff series to be scoring six runs. So that that's what I think happens there. I think the Dodgers punch their ticket back to the World Series. And then I think that this is um, – how likely do I think that this World Series Finals is, to be dead honest with you? I think the AL is – almost a crapshoot uh, I think that I would like the beauty of this is that like there are eight teams that are in this playoff but I, like I'm going to tell you on the left side I truly see on the AL I see four teams that's it I see and it's unfortunate where they are but I see Tampa Bay I see New York I see the White Sox and I see Cleveland those are the only teams that I say that honest to God have a shot it just so happens that Cleveland and Chicago play in the first round 
And same over here on the NL. Like people love to have this 18s. And people are saying, and we mentioned it earlier, like construing and misconstruing something that worked this year versus something that works regularly. And that's the beauty of baseball. I think that baseball sometimes is like basketball where they're because the grind is so big, we know who the best teams are. And in baseball, the best team normally does win. Where in hockey, that may not be the case necessarily. In football, it's not necessarily the case. And I don't even, in, in basketball more than less, I think sometimes it is the case, but there are the occasional times where it's not the case. I think baseball, the because of how much of a grind it is, the best teams are the ones that make it. And the best teams are normally the ones that win. And New York Yankees, I'm not sure if they are the best team, but I have them going this far in this bracket. But the Dodgers win. The Dodgers are the best team. They remind me so much of those dreaded bastard uh, Red Sox team from a few years ago, which the, it was one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life. The only, I mean, the only thing I can it, it, it well, actually, I'll say it was the best team of my lifetime where I've been like coherent. It was the best team that Red Sox a few years ago. Going historically, I guess the 1998 Yankees um, were also really, really, really good, and they would have given a run for their money. I think this Dodgers team is better than that Red Sox team. I think the Dodgers win in whoever they play. I think they win in like six at worst. This Dodgers team is so good. It's a culmination of so many years of really good Dodgers team, and then they added Mookie Betts. Um, and we're saying all this with the Dodgers team where Cody Bellinger is playing like garbage. He stinks. He flat out stinks this year. And it doesn't matter because they have Mookie. They have Justin Turner. Will Smith, their catcher, is going off. They have so many weapons. And we're talking about offense, defense, pitching. Uh, Dodgers win it all in six, I'd say. I mean, they're just so good. Before the season started, we ran a poll on the Ben and Jeremy's podcast Twitter account asking, hey, because before this season, Dodgers and Yankees was almost a lock, guaranteed lock for the World Series. And we ran a poll asking, is that what the matchup's going to be? And 43% of over 230 people said yes. It's going to be the Yankees-Dodgers. And here we are, both of us, winding up with the Yankees-Dodgers after working through every single team. Um, because this poll was run before – any games were played before we even had any sort of idea of what these matchups will be. Now that we have the matchups in front of us, you and I still agree that the Yankees and Dodgers are the two best teams overall that are going to work their way through these playoffs. And, and I agree. Um, it's just such a good team. It's such a good team. Um, like you're saying, it, it's hard for me to truly rank the best teams that I've watched, but I mean, shit, man. You look at the teams, you look at the Dodgers teams that they fielded these last couple of years, and then you add on Mookie Betts, who's having an unbelievable season. And at this point, it's just, it's the Dodgers that are going to win. Again, the way that we have talked about the Dodgers has almost been like in this tone of like guaranteed, you know, but, but that's not, that's not really what it is. It's just that this team is so much more well-rounded than everybody else in baseball right now. And when you have to meet them in a series and you've got to, Again, like I said, and I think you agree with this, like the best chance to knock these Dodgers out is the very first round in a three-game set. But when you get into five and seven, man, I mean, that team is just going to be unbelievably hard to beat. And I think that's what they show with the Yankees. Again, that Yankees offense could show up, and it could give them a scare. But I think overall that Dodgers offense is just as good, 
actually not even just as good. I think they're much better. I think they're a better. I think they might be better, especially in a head-to-head series. And so I think it's the Dodgers that win this. I think they do it in six. Um, of course, any World Series, I will always like to see a seventh game, unless it's 2016. But I think <laughs> I think the Dodgers win it in six. And I think, again, they just truly flex how good they are and the fact that, holy crap, they also added Mookie Betts. I think that's what they flex this year, and I think that's what wins them a World Series. I agree. I agree. We've talked enough. Um, this might be a little bit of a longer episode. Hopefully we can get you through and we can get you – some of these people that aren't quite – you know, some of our listeners that aren't quite as excited about baseball. Hopefully this we can – get you a little excited and a lot of our viewers are from our listeners excuse me are from the ohio and uh both of us had one of us both of us had uh ohio both ohio teams going pretty far um we each had one going pretty far i'll say it it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really excited uh i think it's a great time to be an ohio baseball fan uh, thanks for sticking around. If you listen through the whole thing, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I know that I've been getting compliments from a lot of people. Uh, shout out, shout out, Sean, uh, <laughs> Sean McBride, shout out Sean McBride, who was mesmerized, uh, this weekend that I had a podcast, uh, big shout out him. I just want to thank you all and reds and five. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed the the talk. If you if you made it this far and you listened to us ramble about our our picks this long, uh, leave us a comment on Twitter. Our Twitter is at Ben and Jeremy's underscore. You'll find us and leave us a comment. Um, not only saying that you listened, but we want to hear your opinions too. So leave us a comment and let us know who your picks are. And on Twitter, Ben and I. We'll be tracking our updates and we'll be tracking our record throughout the playoffs to see how accurate our picks were. But we want to hear how accurate yours are going to be too. And we, we just generally want to hear your picks and, and tell us how wrong we are. Tell us how right we are. And we'd love to get that discussion going. So let us know what your picks are and we appreciate you listening. <laughs>